Hey everyone, this is Sarah Whaler, host of Interrelate. Today I'm talking to Andrew Greenstein, son, brother, stepbrother, uncle, who opens up about his unique family structure with not one, not two, but three mothers, a father, a brother, and four half-siblings, and the love and loyalty they have for each other despite this unique and complex family dynamic. So let's get into family talk. Family talk. Family talk. So you have a unique family sort of composition, dynamic, if you will. Which I didn't realize until I was an adult. Yeah, because to you it was probably so normal. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really understand what's normal and what's not. Right. What you have is what you have. Right. I grew up um, the youngest of a family of uh, six Mm -hmm. children. I have one full brother who's 18 months older than me um, from my parents, of course. And then each of my parents were married before they were married to each other. And they each had a son and a daughter. Okay. So, so. four and then you and your brother make six. Right. Right. So. Um, there's also a, uh, an age gap. Uh, so I have a brother who is uh, 17 years older than me. Wow. Um, that's the oldest. And then it goes down from there. Um, but because of that, I was in a situation where even though they were my brothers and sisters, they were going off to college when I was right. becoming aware of my surroundings. And um, as a result, our relationship started more of like a parental relationship. Yeah, I was going to say that. And then it evolved into more of a familial relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now where it has arrived is, is a relationship of pure um, you know, brothers and sisters and yeah, love. Yeah, this whole community. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you, you're the youngest. How do you think that dynamic played out growing up for you? Um, it was very advantageous to me mm-hmm. to be the youngest. Uh, I definitely benefited from my parents feeling like they had already done a pretty good job before me. Right. And so they could take it easy on me. For sure. Uh, and yeah. I took advantage of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, in, in what ways? It, I was, you know, um, always pushing, pushing the limits of what I was able to get away with. I uh, got into trouble, but nothing ever serious, just enough to, to bend the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, my parents sort of let me do what I wanted to do to my siblings' chagrin. Um, and I just, uh, I, felt, I always felt like I had a lot of leeway yeah. to do what I wanted to be, that it, who I wanted. And I actually recognized from some early age that my brothers and sisters had done all the, the right stuff. Right, you could learn from that. that. Or than, not, or experiment I, as a I result I think deep down I learned from that. Um, but I think what I saw is, like, they've already done that path. Right. So I can carve a different path, and maybe I even wanted to carve a different path because of that. I right. Never feel the, to rebel against their, their chosen path a little bit. Yeah. Explore a different yeah. way. Um, so your brother is 18 months older than you. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel competition with him? Um, he's much more competitive than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he was interested in different things than I was. He was always a straight-A student. I wasn't. Um, and so I never really tried to compete with him on that front. He was always a star athlete in everything he touched. And I was clumsier. So I never really felt like I could compete with him on that front either. Um, but music came really naturally to me. Right. Um, creative tasks came really naturally to me. 
at the same time that I couldn't make the junior high basketball team and he was the star of the school, he was asking me to write his love letters to his girlfriends. Mm. And so in a way we had this like, we had our strengths. Exactly. And, and you capitalized on the strengths. Yes. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what would be your um, tips for writing a love letter? You know, short and sweet, and if you can make it rhyme a little bit, that's always nice. Rhyming is good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And were they successful? Were the letters? Uh, Did they win the hearts of his ladies? Yeah. I mean, I would say generally he, he got he got the girl he wanted. That's good. You know, whether that's or not good. that had anything to do with my letters. I'm sure it helped. Sure. I'm sure it helped. So, um, when did your parents... So, your parents had both been previously married with children of their own. Mm-hmm. They got married had you and your brother mm-hmm. when did they get divorced so a couple things happened in a pretty short period of time uh, I was six years old my brother was uh, seven and we were living in Chicago so first we moved to San Francisco or to Los Angeles to California mm-hmm. right Northern California yeah um, shortly after we moved to California we got rocked by the eight and nine earthquake. Mm-hmm. It literally hit the third day we were here. Wow. Um, and the house we were in collapsed while we were in it. Oh my God. Very dramatic. Um, I had some, you know, not that I ever felt like I was struggling with this, but in retrospect, I clearly struggled with it. Um, I had trouble sleeping under the covers. I was yeah. really worried about my, my surroundings. Wow. Um, and throughout that period, throughout all this turmoil, I think that my... Uh, mom and my dad, who are both extremely opinionated, um, have a lot of great similarities, but I'm actually shocked they made it as far as they did. Uh, we're just butting heads a lot. Right. Uh, and, you know, my dad is, uh, you know, very uh, paternal in that mm-hmm. he wants to kind of be the rock, the foundation, the, the one you can rely on, the one who gives you the advice. And my mom, you know, loves to do things her way. Right. And so there's, that's just a rock meeting a hard place. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, they were fighting. They eventually decided to get a separation. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my memories of the time fit into three different areas. Uh, first, I remember my parents yelling at each other mm-hmm. more than I remember them holding hands Being or laughing to, together. Toward each other, like yeah. That. Um, so that's kind of one of my last solid memories of their marriage um then i remember um kind of like a image of my mom leaving the Mm -hmm. townhouse we were staying in so you were in chicago at this time no we were in california okay and when was chicago later Uh, i was born in chicago you got it six years old we moved here got it to los angeles Um, moved in the house the house collapsed we moved into a townhouse temporarily um that's also around the time when the separation happened um and then my, uh, then my, my, Your mom left. Yeah, my mom left basically. Uh, I mean, she didn't actually leave me. I just have this memory of one night. Totally. When, when you're a child, yeah, it gone. seems much more dramatic. Um, and, uh, and then I remember this kind of talk that my parents had with me when they told me we we're going to, uh, I don't know what they said, probably, we're going to separate. Part or, ways. Or parting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember not feeling sad about that. Hmm. I actually remember thinking, so we're going to get two of everything. Like, yeah. That's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know why, cause I think, uh, divorce can be very difficult for kids, especially at that age. Totally. 
Um, and maybe this is revisionist history in my mind, but I really don't remember feeling upset about the divorce. Like it was traumatic to you? No. And maybe it's because both your parents were so strong and loving in their own way that you had a sense of it, things are going to be okay with them apart and also because of the fighting. So I never, it might, might have been tied with fighting. I never once doubted that my parents loved me. Yeah. Um, but I did, uh, let's see, um, I did realize that they were not good together in some right. way. Um, I think that in the beginning, I, you know, I don't, I don't know all the details here, but I think in the beginning, the divorce was not totally amicable. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that, you know, they had to go through the, the tough separation, the hard truth the process. Of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they were both committed to their kids. And I think that my mom in particular was also committed to keeping the relationship with my dad strong. Right. It took a while, but eventually they came back around. Exactly. And now they, they are best friends. Which is amazing. Friend. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So at this point in time, how old were both of your, both sets of half siblings? So, so at this point... Um, my oldest half sibling, Eric, was uh, had graduated. He was twenty three. Yeah, so out of the house, graduated from college. I, I remember him studying for the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the rest of the siblings were two, three years younger, and then two, three years younger, but all in that kind of teenage, late teen to early twenties. Right. So zone. so older, most yeah. of them. Yeah. So it was you and your brother that were the youngest, sort of in the house, and yeah. yeah. Um, so eventually your mom, like, obviously what triggered the separation and divorce was the fighting, but eventually your mom met someone, right? How long after that? A woman. A woman, right? Mm -hmm. And how long after that did she meet, meet a woman? So it was, it was fairly soon Mm -hmm. after that. Um, do you think it was the motivator? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but it's possible. Yeah. I think that um, my mom was probably feeling that things weren't um, quite how she wanted them to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that she probably, she's always been, um, you know, very, she's always been a feminist um, mm-hmm. and she's always been very pro, um, open to exploring things. Right. Um, she also grew up in a very feminine family. Uh-huh. Uh, her dad left when she was very young. Okay. Um, and she was raised by her mother, who was a very strong, very smart woman. Yeah. Um, and her, and she had a little sister too. Mm-hmm. And she grew up where? She grew up in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when she was sixteen, they basically moved. They moved to Los Angeles. Okay. But it was like a, it was like a bit of a trek. I mean, they moved over the yeah. course of a year or two because they had some issues and they needed to like stop along the way. Um, so I mean, she also kind of went through this migration. Uh, right. And then, and then landed in, in Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, so fast forward, my parents get separated. My mom starts hanging out with a woman, mm-hmm. uh, a couple women. Mm-hmm. We don't really think much of it. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't to you. It was just like, oh. Yeah. Were, did it appear to you? Because at this time you were like seven, eight, mm-hmm. seven-ish probably. Yeah. Did it, did it, was it just like friends? Is that how you yeah. interpret it? Totally. Just female For friends? the next several years, I continued with that yeah. mindset. Yeah, as a child, I mean, that would be... Except I went, sense. like, painfully too far with it. Like, they okay. were, like, 
we, they were like living in the house and you yeah, stopped they were, they were like, like living just in the house friends. but they were having slumber parties and like, yeah. I do that too right no big deal yeah totally um, and it was definitely one of those Kaiser or Kaiser Sose moments mm-hmm. when like one small clue yeah what was all, the clue uh, <laughs> and how old were you um, it's okay to get juicy I think I was probably 11 or 12 mm-hmm. okay. so years later years later yeah um, and I like opened up the drawer to get something in the house and this is like gonna seem like the most obvious clue Mm -hmm. um it was two tickets to the gay pride parade okay yeah Yeah. and i think maybe like i really needed to have words describe exactly what was going on i mean it it was not a time that um i um yeah what year was this 90 93 94 something like that right and so it wasn't as was, out there I mean the conversation wasn't being had at least where I grew up yeah it was still taboo it was still yeah. different yeah um, not widely accepted and even you know for years after that it was not something that you know my my stepmom Johnny my mom's partner mm-hmm. um, did not believe they would ever legalize uh, gay marriage yeah. she just didn't think it would ever happen mm-hmm. um, and even years later so it was really something that was still uh, even in this in this area, it still wasn't widely accepted. Right, right. And so they were living. Were there two women living in the house, or just Johnny at this time? Um, well, there was another woman. Okay. Pre Johnny. Pre Johnny, got it. So it wasn't like three women at a time. No, my mom. Some, okay. Dated, I think three. She was women. a monogamous. The third one was Johnny. Johnny, okay. Yes. So so she explored with women, and and then Johnny wound up being kind of the one that she settled right. down with. Right. Okay. Um. At which point, and if not, I mean, at any point did you feel the shame or embarrassment as a result of this? Or was it just like, oh, that's how it is? I mean, did were, you, were there, did your friends have questions? How did that... So I remember one time, uh, my person didn't feel anything, I didn't even think there was anything really that wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first found out, I remember I went and talked to my brother, Seth. Mm-hmm. Your older brother, yeah. 18 months older brother, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not too clear about whether I told him and he knew or he suspected, but we had a conversation about it. And I remember asking him, does this mean we're gay? Wow. So I, I had this feeling like I, I didn't understand yeah. exactly what it meant. How old were you? Um, you know, like 12, 12. 12-ish or so. Okay. Uh, and then I remember, but I, I remember not thinking anything really like wrong about it. Yeah. Just trying to understand what, what does this mean? Right. Um, I went and told one of my best friends at the time. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, it was such a salacious secret. Mm, totally. That he couldn't yeah. hold it in. So he went and told everyone. Oh, wow, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then the bullies came in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, you know, so the only time I ever felt bad with it, it was not so much because I felt bad about what was happening. Right. But because everyone made fun of me. Yeah. And when you're a exactly. kid and people make fun of you, whatever it is. Oh, it's huge. You, yeah. you become, you know, you want to change that. Right. Um, they can make fun of you because you're smart. And then you're like, I hate being smart. You know, it doesn't matter what it yeah. is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I felt bad for a while. Mm. Um, How long did that last? I don't think very long. Uh Um, And how did you respond to it? How did you deal with it in in school? um, It was a combination of things. A little bit of pushback. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one fight over it. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, mostly just kind of ignored it. Yeah. 
I'm sure it made you stronger. You know. I think so. Uh, yeah. It definitely. I mean, when I look back, when I look at myself now, uh, and I consider myself to be extremely open-minded, extremely right. accepting of people for who they are, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's clear to me when I look back at my upbringing. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to be open-minded. I mean, for sure. I had yeah. such a, a diverse family, and like it's not loving, just loving, diverse. Yeah, and also multicultural. Exactly. Multi-religious. Some yeah. of my family is Jewish. Some of my family is not Jewish. Right. Um, Catholic is it, the other is your mom's side Catholic well she converted right yeah to Judaism she converted her but her partner is Catholic okay. Chinese Catholic yeah um, her wife mm-hmm. when um, did they get married they got married twice they got married once when San Francisco made it legal mm-hmm. um, and I was in college okay and then they got married a second time because then the, then then they made it illegal and then the Supreme right. Court made it legal and they got right. married a second time after that yeah that's cool yeah yeah um, what's your relationship like with your mom? Very good. Yeah. And yeah. like, what are the things that you love most about your relationship with her? Um, so my mom is a truly incredible person. Um, she is like the ultimate energetic, positive thinking, um, adventurer. She's, mm-hmm. She says she's a camel. I always find this funny because mm. what she means is like she can be anywhere, do anything, and she won't complain. She's fine. Wow. She's just head up, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the woman's in her late 70s and climbing mountains wow. and helping people move and like just, right. she just never stops moving. Travel, travel cross country to help your brother move to New York. Right. Yeah. Um, and she's a great storyteller. And, yeah. Um, you know, she's dramatic and exciting mm-hmm. and passionate. fun to be around and passionate and um, completely and 100% devoted to being an awesome mom yeah um, to a fault in a way right uh, this is a funny situation that comes up with my brothers she will favor her kids over her grandchildren sometimes wow so if her grandchildren start doing something that she feels is attacking her children she'll take her children's like that, side that's unusual it is yeah and you know and it's funny because then, you know, my brothers and sisters will try to explain to her, look, if you really want us to be happy, you should make right. our children happy. Right, That's exactly. what makes us happy. Yeah. Um, but, like, if, you know, whoever she perceives to be beating up on her kids, she's right. going to stop it. Right. Um, so it's like a, no, it's like a hyper-royalty. Like, to, totally a to hyper-royalty. What was the thing that, she, that you guys were compiling for Seth's move east? It's like a, a quote book. Remember, and you were we were talking about a quote that she wanted to include, oh. and I was like, "That might be a little passive aggressive." Yeah. What, what, mom, how did that turn she, out? She is a little passive aggressive. <laughs> uh, so it was it was just a photo book. Okay. But she book. wanted to put a nice. quote on the cover. Sweet. So she That's asked right. me, "What what quote what would quote? make sense?" And I said, "I don't know. I'm thinking of one. I'm thinking of one." And then mm-hmm. she was she wanted to float some ideas. So she mm-hmm. said, "How about Paradise Lost?" <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe, maybe not. A little, yeah. A little, a little too much. Yeah. Um, well, she took your advice, though, I'm sure. Yeah. To not include that. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. We, just, we just left the pictures on there. Yeah. Um, so you obviously, you know, you see your family a lot. Do you do a special, like, Sunday dinner with the family? Is that every week? We don't. Um, oh, okay. I thought that that was... No, I thought that'd be cool. Uh, okay, but... We, How often do you do a get together with everyone? Or so most? we used to do dim sum every Sunday in the morning, um, and you 
you know, as we spread out, it's gotten a little bit harder to maintain that. Um, mm-hmm. We always have a big family dinner, usually at my mom's house, whenever any of us has a birthday. Okay. Or a big event. We yeah. have a going away party right. for Seth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone comes there and it's, you know, we 15 people, great big table. Everyone has, uh, Johnny is an artist and she like always makes these amazing like, hand painted name, name cards, ta- name cards with the sweet. plates and we take a big family picture and it's just a great, great environment. Yeah. Um, we also spend the holidays there, Thanksgiving and uh, Hanukkah Christmas, mm-hmm. Hanukkah Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, something I noticed that struck me as I was getting to know you is like there's very seldom an I in how you describe things. It's like we, you know, we're having this conversation about this thing as connected to your family. Mm. Share with me about that. I mean, for you, it's obviously second nature. You've always done it that way. But it's just something that struck me as to how connected and how tied to your family you are, which I think is really special but unique in a way so we have this subdivision of the family that i call the council okay um and it's you know i actually go and talk to a lot of my family for advice but the council is specifically uh my dad and my two brothers that live in this area and it's usually like more when we're talking about guy type stuff but like Mm -hmm. we basically run these huge decisions by each other and they're all lawyers and it's all Mm -hmm. a very analytical conversation um that that concept it ripples into other areas with our family we think that we make we like to think we make decisions as a family Mm -hmm. even though we're doing our own thing and um you know if we have the council then my mom would be something like the town crier if she hears a decision is happening Right. She like runs out and tells everyone. She's the press. So right? tells everyone within the family. Yeah. Not beyond the family. No, she's okay. like. So she can keeps you it believe in the, this, the decision is being made, and we need to weigh in on it. And, wow. Um, and this, I fully understand that to someone who comes from outside the family into the mm-hmm. family could be intimidating. Totally. Yeah, that um, would be a lot. But, um, you know, as. So if you were at our Thanksgiving dinner mm-hmm. any of the last five years, yeah, you would have seen my mom and my dad, right? And so your mom and your dad, her ex husband, right. right? Just to paint the picture here. Thank you. You would have seen my dad's um, new wife, new well, wife, wife, long time wife, long time wife, um, and you would have seen my mom's also long time wife, and then right. you'd also see my mom's first husband. Wow. Okay. Um, First ex-husband. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his wife. Right. Okay. Um, and you might even see my dad's ex-fiance from in between. His, Interesting. Because they're also friends. Um, and I don't remember who it was, but one, one of us had a girlfriend at one of our Thanksgivings. And mm-hmm. she looked around and she said, I see what's happening here. No one gets out of this family. Right. That's, you know... It feels that way sometimes. Um, you know, we... It's because we, of the council. Yeah. I mean, the council... The, council the town crier. I mean, told. there's no way you can leave. Uh, you know, I think yeah. it... And it's unique. That's, I think it that's all... Unique. It distills down to um, rides to the airport. That's what it okay. all comes down to. So explain that. When I was in high school once, my... Someone in my family asked for a ride from the airport, and I had, like, 
party to go to. So I said, I can't Friday night. Mm-hmm. And like everyone called me up separately to yell at me. How could you turn someone down from an airport ride? If there's one thing that you don't say no to, it's a ride to the airport when someone wow. needs a, a ride from the airport. It's, it's symbolic and it's also... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And why I say it all comes down to that is because it, it all comes down to if someone in the family asks for help, you just help them. You're there. Yeah, you're there. Moves. Moves, rides, rides to the um, airport, advice, right. anything at yeah. all, uh, huh. and maybe it does have to do with these different tiers of, of you know age groups and generations right. you have in the family. But there's no shortage of advice or mentorship or support, right? And it's a little self perpetuating as well. Once you start to go down this road, um, you know, because we are all the type of people that like to have discussions and talk about things, and because right. we have a bunch of lawyers in the family too, everyone. You know these the the discussions can get quite lively and and that creates like a really good feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you need that like you grow. I'm sure you've grown to rely on that and need it. Like yeah. any big life decision you're about to make, I'm sure you're talking to your brothers, your mom, your dad. Yeah. And it's we, helpful. We do. Um, yeah. We try to at least, which is what made my brother's decision set to move across mm-hmm, the country exactly. that was a family decision or well it not the move though. the move was not the family decision yeah. right well, do you want to get into that or no it's on it's on the list I mean, okay it's on the list yeah um i well i just wanted to tie into that is that one of the reasons why so my brother Seth just moved across the right. country to new york who you're very close to we we're very close um he's married his couple married, children. couple children, and his wife's family is on the East Coast. Right. Um, they met on the East Coast, uh, moved here together, um, and uh, I, I think she had always wanted to move back to the East Coast, and so mm-hmm. they finally decided to do it. What made it so tough on the family is that they made the decision without ever telling any of us. Mm-hmm. They just bought a house and then announced, hey guys, we bought a house and we're leaving. Right. And do you think... I mean, that doesn't totally seem abnormal to me. To? Out, I mean... In the world or in the, in the, in the context the, of In the world. Family. Not in the context of your family. In the context of your family, that is a sacrilege. But in the context of the world, more normal. Mm-hmm. So, but the reaction the family was not, I mean, supportive. Well, it's, it's, it's a little unfair because all the times that... Um, Seth has needed help. He's come and asked for it. Right. But here's a time when he decided he didn't need help, and then he didn't even consult. Right. If you're going consult to... Consult the council. Consult the council. If you're right. going to come and ask for help from the council, then you should at least consult the council. Sure. Um, no, I mean, I think more than that, uh, it was pretty clear that uh, he did this so that we couldn't really try and talk him out of it. And, right. you know, he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's married. And, yeah. And I'm sure his wife has her own ideas about totally. how she wants things to be. Totally. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, if he had just come to us and said, hey, you know what, um, this is important to our family. You know, right. We've lived here for 10 years, um, and we want to try living on the East Coast. There was nothing we could have said about that. Sure. That's not how we operate. But um, what I think bothers us is that he made this decision knowing that we would push back with a lot of reasonable arguments to counter that to counter decision. that 
And I don't think he was confident that he could handle that. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that totally makes sense. I just think that if you're going to make a huge life decision, mm-hmm. um, why not let the people that love you have a chance to talk you out of it? <laughs> if if you're sure you're going to do it, right? Then you know if if you're if it's strong enough your reasons then explain them. Mm-hmm. But he's never been the type to to shy away from defending his decision to do something. Yeah. Um, so. Why do it? Yeah. And the counter argument to that, I totally hear what you're saying. I do think the counter argument is like when you're married, there is this feeling of, and when I was in my marriage, it was, I remember my ex saying to me, um, because I was really close to my family and close to my mom and he was threatened by that a little bit. And he's like, well, you realize we have our own family now. And it was like, I've heard that separated from the, you know, I've heard those exact words. Yeah. And so just understanding maybe her perspective on that might have been... Anyway. Yeah. Well, you can always visit him in New York. Maybe he'll be back. Yeah. um, I don't think he'll be able to move back anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that... Once he's there, he's there. Yeah, it's just... It's hard to go... Especially with kids. It's more more expensive here, so... Go somewhere else. It's hard to That's get back true. into the market. That's true. It's hard to move kids. Yeah. Um, so I don't anticipate that, but I am an optimist. I think mm-hmm. a lot of us in the family are, uh, and I've already silver lined this scenario. That's good. Um, which is that the best you can do. You know, when when we're here, we see each other for dinner as right. much as we can. Right. When, um, when we have to travel across the country to see each other, we'll see each other for days. We'll stay for the weekend. Right. It'll be um, quality, intense quality time. And longer term time. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I think yeah. it, it's, an, I'm hoping it has a, a net positive effect on right. the situation. Right. That's good. I think that's a, that's a good outlook. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Still keeping it within the family. But have you, when you've brought, because, you know, you're dating, when you brought a woman into this situation, which is very unique, how has it been? Yeah, maybe this is part of the problem with my family when it comes to bringing in outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I dated someone who had narcolepsy once. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And I got to learn how narcolepsy works. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's actually, it's a manageable, it's a manageable condition. Um, but the way you manage it is you essentially have to knock yourself into sleep mm-hmm. every night, twice a night, using mm-hmm. a very powerful sedative. Okay. Uh, and then you have to knock yourself out of sleep using a very powerful um, stimulant. Wow. And so you're always on this drug cycle. Yeah. And one of the hard things to figure out about this if you're doing long-term planning is how do you... Um, manage around that how do you have kids if you're going to constantly be on this medication and if you're not on the medication if you might not be able to function Mm -hmm. um she was a very nice person very you know great girl um and i was undeterred Mm -hmm. um because uh, we all have problems totally right yeah um but i brought her to meet the family and i found out later that after i left that night they all had a discussion about it and they all Mm -hmm. had a vote to determine whether or not it was a deal breaker. Oh my God. 
and no one ever told me who voted in which direction, but the... It's like the bachelor, but... Ultimately, the family who voted it was the deal maker. Okay. When did they share this information? Um, the next, you know, a couple weeks dinner. later. I think mm-hmm. actually maybe it was after we broke up. They didn't... Oh, okay. They didn't so tell us. So it's good that they saved it until then. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it kind of reflects a lot about, you know, it's an extreme example um, mm-hmm. about the family has these opinions. Right, the, in, the weight and the intensity of their opinions and right. ideas. Uh, and I think it's especially the case with me. Because you're the baby? Because I'm the baby and because I'm... But you're the rebellious one. Yeah, and I think maybe that has something to do with it. Um, do they feel like they need to manage you a little bit more because of that? Well, now it's like, now it's getting to the point where, so I'm 35 years old, um, all my brothers and sisters were married with kids mm-hmm. by their right. by the time they were thirty. Yeah. So I think on top of that, I mm-hmm. with every year that goes by, they're like more and more wondering if I'm ever going to find someone. Find someone, mm-hmm. and so now when I bring someone home, they're like somehow extra. Okay. Critical S- level of seriousness over whether this person is a match or not. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So. How has it been in your current situation? Seems um, positive, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, I think, you know, I don't actually, the jury's not fully out yet um, mm-hmm. because we haven't spent enough time together. Yeah. Um, but I'm about to go on a trip. Uh, a family trip. So explain yeah, trip. Explain um, your dad's annual... Marty Fest. Marty Fest. So every year... Not every year. We used to do it okay. when we were younger. Um, he would invite... His whole, well, all four of his kids and sometimes some of his so you, brothers and brothers' So your kids. dad, Marty Fest, yeah. on, not every year, but every once in a while has this Every event. few years has this kind of a family reunion. Family trip Used reunion. to be on a cruise boat. Um, That's fun. Now we've, we've downgraded to, or upgraded, depending on how you're looking at, to Club mm-hmm. Med type, mm-hmm. you know, all-inclusive resort in Mexico. Right. Nice. Okay. So upcoming is Marty Fest 2018. In Mexico. Yeah. You're bringing your girl. Bringing my girl. Yeah. And are you excited about that? Uh, yeah, I am. Should be good. Actually, I yeah. am. First of all, um, I'm, I, I'm not going to be the um, ninth wheel or whatever I tend <laughs> However, to be. Yeah, whatever wheel you would be. Yeah. Um, so that would be nice. And I actually just think it's a great, a great way to get to know someone. You kind mm-hmm. of plop them down for a week and, right. you know spend a bunch of relaxed time together as opposed to, you know, at a family dinner, which, you know, I have, she has come to a family dinner before. Mm-hmm. Um, at a family dinner, it's kind of already a hectic situation. People shorter are, term. It's short almost term. more pressure. Everyone's talking quickly yeah. and kids are running around and it's just not actually a great environment no. to sit down and get to know someone. No, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, Good. Good. You know, she she mentioned to me when I invited her, I told her you should come. She said, do you think it's you know too much too soon? And I said, well, no. I mean, wouldn't you want to know if it wasn't going to work out? That's like, true. Wouldn't you want to know sooner rather than yeah, later? Yeah, that's the only way to figure it out. So part of me, I don't actually feel like just because you did it too soon, you created a problem that's not there. I believe that mm-hmm. you know, you're just getting to know someone, and if you speed that up a little bit, you might see things that you might not have found yeah. out until later. But Fail fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, how about your family dynamic that you would want to carry forward when you have your own family? How do you envision, 
like what things would you do differently in your own unit and what things do you want to carry forward so one thing so every time I've tried to give any level of advice to any of my brothers and sisters I mostly get dismissed because I don't have any kids and I've never been married Mm -hmm. and they basically think what do I know I contend that I know what I've observed Mm -hmm. from their relationships and Mm -hmm. from my friends relationships yeah um one of the things that I would really want to um, impart on onto my children, my future family, is to let the personalities in my family, which are strong, let them have their impact. I, I of, think, of your potential new family? Yeah. No. Uh, of sorry, your, my, your existing. My existing family. Okay. So, you know, if I had kids, I would want them to spend a lot of time with my mom and my mm-hmm, dad and my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And if my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters said things that annoyed me because I didn't feel like the, kid, the child should know that or, or the child should do that, I would really want to show some level of restraint and say, no, let them have their, um, their experience with the child and let the child mm-hmm. learn from their knowledge. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's, that's something that I don't see a lot, mm-hmm. um, even in this, you know, in my current family. Mm-hmm. With the grandkids, yeah, okay. I think, um, you know, they're sort of sheltered are... from spending one-on-one time. Well, I'm actually or... just surprised that some of my brothers and sisters don't, you know, they, they, understandably have a very strong idea of how their children should be raised, mm-hmm. but they seem to forget that they were raised right by their parents and mm-hmm. that their parents did a great job true so maybe and it's easier to say when you don't have kids mm-hmm. maybe trust them a little bit right right no that's that's interesting and so what would you do differently based on how you were raised this is the last question so again easier said than done and i guess i have to consider that there's another person involved in this decision true um but i would want i would have my child spend as much time as possible with my mom and my dad mm-hmm. with me there without me there yeah um, I would let them you know impart whatever lessons and, and wisdom yeah. that they want and I would try really hard not to say anything about it uh, not to disagree with it um, mm-hmm. because they have their own life experience and more importantly I think that a well-rounded person is not created by a single viewpoint. No. It might be that they're exposed to viewpoints that don't make you comfortable, but that's going to happen anyway, and might as well be from someone that you at least know. Has your best interests. Yes. Right. Did you have, um, were your grandparents around growing up? Uh, Only on my dad's side. Mm -hmm. They're still around. Yeah. Um, On my mom's side, my, my grandfather left when my mom was very young. Right. My... I never got to meet my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. She passed away shortly before I was born. Right. Yeah. No, I I have fond memories of my grandparents, yeah. my mom's parents, and yeah, I think grandparents are special, and they they do impart experience and memories and traditions that you wouldn't otherwise experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's see. Where should we end this? You, any other thoughts that you want to share? Things that you haven't said. How do you normally end, end it? Um, I've been experimenting with different things. So I did a quote. I shared a quote with someone the last time and asked him his thoughts. Um, but I feel like you have a lot of, what do you want to, what have you not talked about? Well, Um, talk about your new podcast. So 
Yes. Share share this new idea. You gave me this idea with your podcast. Well, you don't have to give me credit um, for it, but thank you. I you know I think actually just it's a really good format. Uh, one thing that one cool thing about smartphones we're always carrying around a camera we're always carrying around a voice recorder right um at first i when i went to go visit my grandparents recently i decided you know i don't know how much time i have left with them so i'm going to start mm-hmm. asking them some questions that like really get to the try to get to the bottom of who they are mm-hmm. and actually i'm just going to ask them questions about their story because i've heard different versions of it but i actually want to know like wait so where were your parents born mm-hmm. and then when did you come here and what was Right. You know, what was your life like? And I realized as I was asking these questions, it would have been nice to be able to sit down and record it. Right. Not just so I could hear it later, but also so other people could hear it. So I had this idea to yeah. create a podcast that's just, a, well, it would be me right. going around with the family and trying to piece together the story of our family. That's neat, since it is so unique yeah. and special. And yeah. And everyone's story is, I mean, we're, you know, if you, everyone here probably traces back to, you know, immigrants that came here from some hardship and, and mm-hmm. you know, have been a part of this young country. And it, it just seems like it'd be really cool to try and, you know, make a family tree, but do it by just going Digital around and interviewing. Sharing those stories. Your, your family. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. It's something that you would have forever that you could share with your children. and. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. A digital story. Cool. I love the idea. Cool. I'll um, let you know when it's when please, it's out. Please do. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew. Um, thank you for the chat chat today. And any, well, I guess do you have I include this? I may not. But um, <laughs> if people want to reach out to you about your upcoming podcast, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at abgr26. Uh, or you can email me at agreenstein at gmail.com. Wow, you gave your email. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and be sure to check us out on social media on Instagram at Interrelate Podcasts, on Facebook and Twitter, and head over to our website at interrelatepodcast.com. See you next week.